It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dance, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing SportsCenter tonight. With, Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. How about those boys from Taylor? How about that beating Ohio 5-2 to two to win the Little League World Series? It's not something you see very often where Michigan beats Ohio. It just doesn't happen very often. But the guys from Taylor got it done. How about that? And let, let's give a little credit where it's due. Jackson Sherma, four runs driven in. Ethan Van Bell struck out eight. What, what an effort by those young men down in Taylor. And, and just another really fun Little League World Series. Look, I, if, you don't, if you don't ever get a chance to see it, make sure you catch some of these uh, highlights. Because this team put together a really nice solid game and nick when you look at some of the adversity that they had faced some of the the jams that they had gotten themselves into they popped out to an early three nothing lead in the first uh ohio came back and scored one in the bottom of the first and then it was kind of a pinball back and forth where uh i believe it was the third inning uh michigan got themselves into a bit of a jam they had bases loaded uh, and nobody out, and the subsequent results were strikeout, strikeout, and then I missed the third one. Was that just a like a ground ball out to first? Uh, no, it was a uh, swinging second strike, and the runner oh. on third thought it was a third strike, so he goes running off the field. Catcher throws the third baseman. Oh, and, and they tagged him out. So, little so a little miscommunication there. there. Yeah. yeah, mental error. Uh, well, look, I, did you, did you get to you? So you caught some of it. Yeah, it was fantastic. It got a little, uh, little dicey at the end in the sixth. Uh, they had a five, one lead, uh, Ohio loaded the bases cup, uh, like two hit batsmen, a walk, and they bring a run mm-hmm. home and they eventually get it done. First yeah. little league world series title in Michigan history since, uh, 1959 when Hamtramck won yep. the little league world series. So shout out to the team in Taylor. That's pretty fantastic. Um, hey, I want to mention this because obviously, uh, folks, uh, we've, we've become pros at dealing with some nasty weather around here lately. I, I want to make sure we mention this. We've got a couple of storm warnings and watches that are out there. Uh, Livingston County under a thunderstorm watch, as is Genesee County until 630 tonight. Uh, so that's going to be uh, wrapping up here in the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, there is a thunderstorm warning for Oakland and Lapeer counties until seven. And then we got a thunderstorm watch for Genesee, Lapeer, Livingston, Macomb, Oakland, Sanilac, and St. Clair County until eight o'clock. So just be mindful of that. If you don't have to be out, uh, just keep us tuned in at home and uh, we'll take you to seven o'clock when spin on golf gets here. Um, you know, but watching the little league world series, watching these kids play at a really high level, it makes me, it, it I'm jealous a little because I never got to that point. I never was, even at 12, I was never a very good baseball player. Like my baseball 
like history is in high school. I tried out for my varsity baseball team. Knowing it was a long shot, I, I would have made it because I hadn't played earlier on. I didn't didn't play on freshman or JV at Novi. So I I I, I was like, I'll try out. Let I, a couple of my buddies were going to try out for varsity, too. so we went. And um, I played the hot corner. I was over at third base. Played a little third. Played a little short. And a couple tough positions to come out for in your first year of high school. Felt really good. I felt really <laughs> comfortable out there. All right. Um. And. And, you know, I had a pretty strong arm, was pretty accurate. I can make the throw to first, no problem. I can move it around the bases, no, no problem. Uh, you know, my double play moves were pretty nice. I was able to, to get it over, flip it in. And um, the real issues came. You know, watching, watching these kids at the plate is really impressive. And somebody, you know, Jackson Surma, who's 12 years old, at the plate, plate composure, pitch recognition, the whole thing. I that is a part of the game that was always completely lost to me. I was terrible uh, at the plate. So like I when the final cuts were being announced, my the coach pulled me and he's like, look, you're really good defensively. Like you're really good. Um, but you you haven't made you haven't even fouled the ball off. Like you can't you can't bat. So I can't have you on the team. And I was like, all right, that's fair. I, I totally get it. So watching what these kids do is impressive. Yeah. I mean, some of the def, uh, the defensive plays are making is great. Uh, like my first, I guess, baseball memory was we played T-ball. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was probably preschool. And the coach was probably my dad or one of the other parents said, okay, when you hit the ball, you're on a first base. Sure. So kids up to bat. He swings off, hits the ball off the tee. And the entire team stands up off the bench and every player ran to first base. <laughs> oh my God. That didn't quite register to us preschoolers that only the player who hit the ball should run to first base. Oh, but that's fantastic. It, it didn't really get any better for me. I was not a great baseball player. Played a couple of years of rec and in middle yeah. school. Well, yeah, yeah. You said it perfectly. I, these, what these guys did was I'm jealous and, and, and very impressed. No, it's, it's an incredible. And, and, you know, doing something like this, being on a big stage, <clears throat> eyes on you, um, you know, being, being in a place like Williamsport, being in that, at that stadium, at the, on that field, it means something. It, there's a lot of history with that. And there's a lot of, you know, really good players that have went on to, to play, you know, pro baseball and, and went on to play high levels of, of college baseball. And, and that, that takes you somewhere. So they should be very proud. And, and, and we, as, uh, as, as a state of Michigan should be very proud. So that's yeah, very a cool. lot by the way, players speaking of uh, T-ball, I think probably I, I told you I didn't make the team. My, uh, what was that? My junior or senior year. I don't remember. must've been my senior year, but my highlight is I do have a T-ball. Like I have my own baseball card. I still have it somewhere. Uh, of me, bat on the shoulder. You got that slightly. Oh, oh, you T ball. Okay. No, this was T ball. <laughs> yeah, no, this is what we did in our our senior year of high school. This is what we did. We posed. Uh, no, uh, T ball, and yeah, so that was so. It's like favorite uh, team back then. I was a I was an Indians fan. I wasn't. I hadn't moved to Michigan yet, so I was an Indians fan. Like Sandy Alomar Jr. was my guy. 
So like he's on the, he's the name is my favorite player back there. So anyway, yeah, that's why. But look, those kids are great. Good for them. Speaking of, by the way, uh, I will be, oh, well, I'll tell you what, let me save this. I'll so we'll talk about this next segment. Jake's three, right? Uh, he's going to be playing soccer for the first time. Uh, and I will be coaching. I'll be coaching. I think. Congratulations. And I don't know what I'm getting myself into. So we'll talk about that coming up on the other side. We have a lot to do tonight. Uh, obviously, the, the Lions are facing some roster moves. we got to figure out who's in, who's out. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell says, look, there are some guys that, that were pegged maybe to make this team that won't. We'll try to figure out who that is. We'll update you on some of the golf that's going on. And uh, big happenings out at Warwick Hills, the Ally Challenge. Uh, we'll let you know who won that thing. Uh, we got a lot to do tonight, so stick around. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, in on Sports Wrap here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So, Coach Chris, Coach Chris, is that does that have a good ring to it, Nick? Coach Chris, so uh, going to call you too? I, well, yeah. I mean, look, here's the deal. I just think uh, I'm going to have this team running gassers. We're going to be doing up downs. <laughs> uh, we're going to. Well, I'm going to have these kids ready. I don't care if they're three or four. We're, we're going to be ready to roll. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll I'll update you as we go along because it's going to be a whirlwind experience for everybody. Uh, so we'll 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 talk about it as as the weeks uh, progress here. Um, I, well, I'll tell you this: uh, there isn't anybody really I'd like to talk to more when it comes to Michigan State football, basketball than Matt Charbonneau. But he wears more than one hat. Uh, my guys out here uh, at Grand Blank at Warwick Hills covering the Ally Challenge, uh, which just came to an end, and uh, it, Bernard, Bernard Longer couldn't uh, hold on to it here at the end. It was a it was a sprint to eighteen. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, many hats. Why not? You know, I mean, <laughs> football, we still got a few days till football. Why not right. squeeze some golf in, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, it was fun out there. Bernard couldn't get it done. The interesting thing was he shot 64 on his 64th birthday a couple of days ago. If I do that, I hope I'm out there making a bunch of money doing it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Joe Durant hung on. Fun little tournament they have up here in Warwick Hills. Perfect. Perfect for the Champions Tour now that the Buick Open's been gone for a while. So it's a good setting. They support it well. So little fun there, but now we're going to, we're going to dial back in the MSU here since we're going to be playing in what five days, six days. Five, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what it, it is. It, yeah. It's incredible. I can't believe we're at this point. And, and that is kind of a good transition. Obviously, uh, you know, Mel Tucker took this gig late, 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 late. And when he came in, he didn't have a lot of prep time before last season. And then of course, uh, you know, I don't think he expected a global pandemic to uh, to disrupt his program up in East Lansing, but it did just like everybody else. So he, he's dealt with a couple of, of uh, you know, roadblocks here, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I'm curious to know from your perspective wh- where this team is at heading in. Obviously, there was a, a lot of roster rehauling that needed to be done there. There were a lot of guys that left the program. And then, of course, with the transfer portal, a lot of guys coming in. So this is this is really a, a different Spartan team even than from last year. Yeah, I mean, significantly different. I think the last time I finally tallied up all the numbers, I think there's 41 new new names on this roster between wow. transfer 
transfer portal, incoming freshmen, all that kind of stuff, a couple of walk-ons. Um, so you're, you know, not quite half the roster, but pretty close. Um, so to say that's significant, I think it's an understatement. And, and look, th- this is kind of new, right? I mean, we haven't really had this sort of uh, coaching change in the transfer portal yet, certainly not around here. Um, so we haven't been able to see really what it's like to be able to change your roster so significantly, so quickly, right? Um, usually if you, you know, you're a new coach, you come, you know, you, you see a few changes, but you know, the setup wasn't conducive to doing this and now it is. And I mean, I'm telling you what, that, that's when we were trying to figure out what are we going to see on Friday night? And this is the toughest one I've ever had to try and gauge what exactly we're going to see, because think about a position out there. There's really not one, maybe wide receiver. Other than that, there's not a position out there that some way isn't going to be significantly affected by that transfer portal or new players or new faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of, you know, you're kind of wondering a little bit. You see little snippets of practice here and there. Everyone's going to talk about quarterback, obviously, but I mean, the backfield is all new. You got new guys up front on, on both the offensive and defensive line. Certainly in the secondary, it's a big deal. Linebacker everywhere. So a Friday night's going to tell us a ton. We're going to have a heck of a lot better idea where Mel Tucker is. I I would say certainly he's upgraded the talent level, but how quickly that all comes along, how that all fits together, I think we're not really going to have a clue until Friday. So um, I I think this is one of the more fascinating openers we've had in quite some time at MSU. Well, so we know that that Mel Tucker is a a hard-nosed, tough football coach. Obviously, that's the type of mentality that he's trying to instill uh, with this team and, and in the program. Um, but, but I'm, I'm wondering kind of where they're, where the players are at with him, where they're kind of at in terms of him building this thing from the ground up again, where, where are they at with that? Well, I, you know, what we're getting from the players is they, they, they're buying in a hundred percent with Mel Tucker. I mean, he's got something that allows him to connect with these guys really quickly and really well. Um, you know, obviously we'll see the first time they've lost a few games and cause you know, look last year. Mel Tucker's not real big on saying last year doesn't really count. Um, he doesn't really want to do that. But let's be honest, last year was a mess. It was for most teams, especially for them. You pointed out all the all the issues he had facing them getting hired late, you know, his staff coming in late. So it was going to be tough regardless. But let's see what happens when we really see some ups and downs this year. But to this point, I mean, this roster is completely buying into Mel Tucker, his staff. I, he, he has a way of connecting with these guys that has been impressive so far, whether that translates to wins at this point, we're kind of guessing, um, but you're seeing the momentum on the recruiting trail as well. They're doing mm-hmm. well in the state of Michigan. Um, you start adding some wins this year, you pull off a couple wins. Maybe people didn't think you were gonna, uh, that all starts to build and it, it, everything's going in the right direction right now. We'll see where we're at. I don't know in a couple months, how the season goes, but yeah. if you're a Spartan fan, you have to feel at least optimistic about where you're at with Mel Tucker right now. Yeah, that's fair enough. And you mentioned the quarterback position, and we've heard rumors, rumblings that that a quarterback has been named Thorne Russo. I mean, there's guys that that are there. What's your sense? Who who who's the guy? Yeah, well, whether or not, I, I'd be shocked if at this point they don't know. Also, um, my my feeling all along has been Peyton Thorne would have to significantly outplay Anthony Russo to be the starter, only because you don't go get a graduate transfer like Anthony Russo without the idea that he's going to be your guy. Not mm-hmm. that Peyton Thorne couldn't win the job, but everything we've seen is it's been really close with them both. Some of the open practices, some of the, the times we've been in practice, it's been really close. You'll see them both make good throws. That that leads me to believe when it comes down to it Friday night, it's going to be Anthony Russo. But my feeling is I, I would probably personally go with Peyton Thorne, but my gut is 
that's the direction they're going to go. Now, how long that lasts, who knows? Is Peyton to have a quick hook with Peyton, with Anthony Russo? Uh, that, that's hard. Or could to, we see I both of them play? Yeah, maybe, but I they have Mel Tucker's not really big on that. Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, you know, a week or so ago said, okay, maybe. Uh, but it doesn't sound like they really want to do that. They, they want to make mm-hmm. a decision now this week. I don't know if we'll find out <laughs> Tuesday when Mel Tucker talks, but they, they want to have a guy and go with him. I'd be shocked if they had a plan going into Friday night where they both played. You know, if if, if whoever starts is just awful in the first half and they got to make a change, maybe. But I don't think the plan is to play them both early on. They want one guy and they want to go with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this is an interesting schedule for the Spartans. They've got a, a lot of teams on this I mean, look, the, the Big Ten, I think, football-wise has improved a little bit. I think Maryland's on the upswing. I think Purdue's on the upswing. You're playing Miami. That's always going to be a pain in the butt. And then Northwestern, everything that that, that program represents, that's always a really tough out. That one's going to be uh, on the road for the Spartans. I mean, look, this this is a tough uh, uh, slate, potentially, for, for the green and white. Where, where do you see this thing shaking out just as it stands right now? Yeah, I mean, I actually like the way the schedule sets up early for them because that – those first six games are probably going to be their best chances to win. I'm not counting Miami in that. Um, although Miami plays Alabama the first week, who knows what mood they'll be in if they've gotten, <laughs> you know, kicked in the teeth. Who knows? But, you know, when you look at Northwestern, I mean, they've they've lost a lot of players from that division championship team last year. They've already had injuries hit them in a couple spots. So they've got a lot of holes to fill. I think it's a winnable game. You certainly throw in uh, the Youngstown States and Western Kentucky in there. Nebraska's not very good, as we saw again yesterday. Um, I, there, there's a chance for a good start there for Mel Tucker because that back end of the schedule is tougher when you talk about, um, you know, the road games with, mm-hmm. um, geez, I'm forgetting that you got to go to Ohio State. You got Penn State at home. You got Michigan at home. You got to go mm-hmm. to Indiana. Those are all going to be tough games to win. So I think they're, they, they're really going to take advantage of that early schedule. Now, again, with so many new guys, are they going to be able to? We'll have to see. But I, I like the way those first five, six games set up. Um, the end's going to be tough. But I, I still think this team has the talent to win six games and be bowl eligible. Um, again, we're speculating a little bit. I'll keep saying that a million times. But it seems they've upgraded enough. And I think a bowl game should be the expectation. And, you know, you stay healthy, win a couple games you shouldn't. You, you never know. You get up to seven, eight wins, and then you're feeling really good. But um, I, I do like the first half of that schedule, and, and it gives Michigan State a chance to at least get off to a, a decent start. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, real quick, before we let you roll, uh, obviously they're going to look for a new athletic director at Michigan State. Bill Beekman is stepping aside. Um, wh- where are they at on that process? H- have they gotten a nice head jump, or are they are they really considering somebody at this point, to your knowledge? The, the, the AD search at Michigan State, I would say, is not – uh, going the way people would hope. I mean, I know there's been a lot of stuff out there, but there's it, there's so much division right now from the president to the board to, you know, they're, they're really not even agreeing on who are the candidates. They're getting pressured from the outside on, you know, certain groups want them to hire a woman. Some of them want to stay in-house. Alan Haller's a guy who's in-house that a lot of people have supported, a lot of former football players. Uh, but right now, President Stanley and the board really haven't been on the same page to this point. How quickly they can bring that together, I don't know. Um, it, it it doesn't sound very promising from the people I've talked to right now in terms of uh, of getting it together. I mean, they will at some point. Obviously, this isn't a great time to be looking for an AD, um, but I, I would I don't think anything's imminent at this point, just because right now there's so many people involved that haven't really gotten on the same page. If they can do that quickly, maybe. Um, but I, I I just think it's going to take a little bit of time here for them to figure this out. 
Interesting. All right. Will you please keep your phone on you as we uh, pro- progress through this season? We'd like to have you back on. So keep it next yep. to you. All right. You got it, guys. No problem. Uh, all right. There he is. Matt Charbonneau over at the Detroit News. Always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. All right. Coming up next, uh, who who's in and who's out on this Lions roster? Uh, Dan Campbell has said it multiple times. Some of the guys that you perhaps expected to make this team won't. Some of the guys that maybe were dark horses to make this team will make this team. We'll try to break it down, make some sense of it on the other side of this break. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy here on Sports Rep as we continue this Sunday evening on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. Uh, Lions uh, over in the preseason. And now we're getting to a point where we need to to whittle down this roster and and get ready to go into the season with, uh, a, you know, a, a, a team that, may look quite different from last year. And I think that there are a a couple of interesting names that we need to look out for as, as guys that are not going to make this roster. And these are some players that, you know, there were some, I don't know if, if, if head scratching would be the right term, but some, some confusing picks um, either in the draft, free agency, whatever it is. Um, and and I, I'm just not sure that these guys are going to make the team. Nick, Nick, do you have a couple of guys in mind that you think are just not going to make this team? Uh, I think you're alluding to Jelani Tavai. So Jelani Tavai is number I mean, he's the number one with a bullet. Jelani Tavai, to me, cannot make this team. I don't think he's got a shot. And and I, you know who I think is going to to pick up a spot here? that I'm really excited for, or at least from a, from a, a human interest perspective, Anthony Pittman is a guy who's been on this, 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 he's been in the organization for a couple of years, uh, but he's been on the practice squad. I, I think that Anthony Pittman is a, is going to be a guy that makes his team over July to Wayne state guy and a local guy. I don't think he's going to make the team. I think they probably would like to keep him back on the practice squad. Uh, it's going to be interesting though, because you can go four running backs. You can go three running backs. You can go two quarterbacks. You can go three quarterbacks. You can go mm-hmm. two tight ends or three tight ends, four receivers or five receivers. So there's a lot of mix and matching. Tom Kennedy is a guy who has really yep. played his way onto the team, but I'm not sure there's a spot for him. Um, it's kind of up between Kennedy and Brashad Perriman. Uh, and they paid Perriman like $2 million this off season. So you wouldn't think that they're going to cut him uh, based on, on the money he's uh, being paid. It looks like the offensive line's pretty set. It looks like the defensive line is pretty set other than maybe one guy. Uh, and there's a couple spots in the, in the defensive back room corners and safeties that might be up for grabs. Well, here's another question. When you start talking about the quarterback situation, obviously Jared Goff's your starter, but when there was a, the, the, the backup quarterback battle between Tim Boyle and David Blount, was there enough done to, to, to separate those two guys in your mind? I mean, I feel like they've both been pretty ho-hum 
uh, over these three preseason games. Uh, I would say Blau did enough to probably win the backup job. Tim Boyle got hurt, uh, so it doesn't seem like he would be ready week one to be the backup. So I think the plan probably would be to keep both of them and then maybe put Tim Boyle on injured reserve once Mm -hmm. uh, the 53-man roster is set. If you put someone on IR before you cut down to 53, they're done for the year. And then if you put them on IR once the 53 is set, I think you can bring them back after three weeks. So there's a couple of thoughts. I mean, someone even threw out the the idea of cutting both kickers and then just bringing one back once you play someone on IR, like Tim Boyle, who I'm not sure will go on IR. Deshaun Hand is a guy who a lot of people think will go to IR. Um, So there, there are some interesting ways they can work around these rules and then uh, bring back a quarterback or, or, or a tight end if they only bring two tight ends to the 53. Yeah. Um, you know, an interest, another interesting uh, battle throughout the preseason camp, obviously, has been at the wide receiver spots. Um, I, I continue to be really high on Amon Ross St. Brown. I just think that the kid's got a lot of potential, and I think that, that there has been some sort of relationship, some sort of chemistry built between Jared Goff and St. Brown. And then a lot of the, the issues that like say Quintus Cephas had last year, you know, didn't always run the right routes. Didn't know, wasn't always on the same page as the offense, but a guy who can make plays. I'm also excited about Quintus Cephas in year two, but those are two guys uh, in, in the wide receivers room that I look forward to at least developing and becoming better players throughout the year. But you mentioned Brashad Perryman, another guy who I'm not sure makes his team is Geronimo Allison, who who was you know a longtime target of uh, Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay. I, and I'm not really sold on Brashad Perryman to be honest. I I understand that they paid him some money. I I don't know though if you look at guys like uh, I mean obviously Tyrell Williams is going to make this team, but Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy are, are are another couple of guys in that in that re- receiving core. Where I don't know that you wouldn't rather just see what you got with them as a, as opposed to Brashad Perryman. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Raymond is on the team. I, th- I think their top four are on the team. Tyrell Williams, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Quintez Cephas are all going to be on the team. It's going to come down to Tom Kennedy, Brashad Perryman, or neither, I think. Right. That's um, a good point. They could go in with four. I, I would assume they take a third tight end, which neither Elise Mack or Brock Wright look great. Um, but I think it's going to be Kennedy or Perriman or neither. Uh, but I, I guess we'll see in a couple of days. Um, you mentioned Deshaun Han on that defensive line. One of the guys that was on this team last year, John Passini was, was somebody who, you know, would rotate in throughout that defensive line. Um, I, I'm wondering if with, with the addition of somebody like Michael Brockers um, and, and obviously you bring in a couple guys like, uh, Onzerike and uh, um, uh, McNeil. Uh, I wonder if if Penasini's on his way out the door too. Yeah, that spot looks like it's down to one guy as well. It's either Penasini or Kevin Strong, and Kevin Strong has played really well uh, this preseason. Now Penasini played really well last season in general. So, mm-hmm. uh, but this coaching staff has no loyalty to him. They weren't here last year. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's a fat. I think you're right. That's a fascinating pick because that guy's going to play a lot. They like to rotate those guys in mm-hmm. uh, every every game. 
So it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, there there is just going to be some, some, you know, roster turnover, if you will, from guys that maybe you would expect to make this team. Like, again, just based on, like, contracts alone, right? Like, Jelani Tavai would be a guy that would make the team based on his contract alone uh, in, in most situations, and at least in some, you know, cases uh, in this organization in the past. But if you're not, what, what I like about this staff, what I like about, uh, you know, Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell and, and the, the coaching staff that he's assembled, it, it doesn't matter where you're at in your contract, doesn't matter where you're at. If you're not good enough, you can't play here. And I think that's a strong message that needs to be sent uh, throughout the, the the players that come in through this organization. So it's interesting to see. Uh, I wanted to mention this again. Um, we do have a uh, severe thunderstorm warning in effect for Macomb and St. Clair counties. Uh, until just after eight o'clock tonight, like uh, 805, 806, 807. Um, so just a, a, a quick mention on that. Uh, all right. Do we need to go to break? All right. We got to, we got to split uh, coming up next. We'll talk to our friends over at spin on golf. Uh, obviously lots of golf going on uh, this Sunday and still, uh, so going, on. And still going on. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up on the other side. Chris Runwick, Nick Roddy sport draft continues here on WJR next. A more sports wrap presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So locally, it was Joe Durant who made a five-foot bogey putt on 18 for a one-stroke victory over Bernard Longer in the Ally Challenge out at Warwick Hills. And I'm sorry. I, it, it, the fact that golf is being played at Warwick Hills, pro golf at Warwick Hills is just awesome. It's just the best. It's a fantastic course. It's got a ton of history. And uh, it's just nice to see, uh, you know, that course shining through once again, as it has for the last number of years. Uh, so Joe Durant, this year's winner at the Ally. Uh, Nick, you've got an update on what's going on out at the BMW uh, there's a it's a slugfest between um, DeChambeau and Cantley. Yep, they're in their third playoff hole. Um, they had they played 18 twice. They both parred. Now they're on 17, a 186 yard par three. Bryson DeChambeau just hit wedge. 186 yards, wedge. <laughs> it just it makes me so sad. It's like, you know, last week we were, uh, we got to, uh, talk with James Pyatt, of course, the U S amateur winner. And we were, we were watching him, uh, you know, hitting some golf balls for some kids out at, uh, uh, Jordan Hills golf, uh, or uh, Jordan young golf out at Fox Hills. And he just, it sounds totally different. It's just not, it's not comparable to the golf that I play. We're in the, we're in different, uh, uh, continents. different sports. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, it's, that's incredible. That's a big time wedge shot. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's bring in uh, a couple of our friends from spin on golf, Sean Belegian uh, and Mike Faye. What's up fellas. How are we doing? 
How you doing, buddy? Living the dream. We we got we got some uh, we got some good golf going on today. Yeah, what a what a study in contrast. I mean, two two completely different styles. I mean, just a a wild run for Bryson, Mike, and uh, you know Patrick just kind of playing it. You know, old school. It's it's been fantastic. You know, it's 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 been a a great run. Say what you want about Bryson, and I know what people think about him, and I'm sure that our mutual friend BC might have some thoughts, Mike. But boy, you. You watch, don't you? You watch. Oh, yeah. He is pounding it down there and then rips it on the green and puts it real good. It's it's fun to watch. And, uh, well, he just looks like he just missed one here. Now, he, you know, this is a slugfest. It kind of brings you back later. We're talking about, uh, you know, one of the older tournaments where it got down to just two guys that separated themselves. It's fun. Look at that. You got the fans out there. It's fun. Right it's awesome. Now. Pretty cool. mm-hmm. You know, I was doing some uh, uh, some investigation. Uh, I was putting on my Sherlock Holmes hat and uh, I logged on to Twitter, of course, because where else would you go? And uh, so I, I haven't been able to, to watch here the end of the the, uh, the tournament. But as they were going up to 18 in regulation, uh, Bryson was. Uh, just on the fairway, the right side of the fairway. And it looked like he was uh, approaching the ball, getting ready to to swing when he must have seen Patrick Cantley out of the corner of his eye start to walk. And he bailed out and he walked back behind the ball and he said, can you stop walking? It, I, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't, I haven't seen anything about it outside of this video that I just saw on, on Twitter, I, I, that again, it goes against the, uh, it, it, go, it, it just, it's another hit on the uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, saga, I guess, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, we had a couple check swings today, right? Sean, you had Sergio check swinging yeah. it too. He took it halfway back and stopped, right? Uh, there's part oh, of me man. that wonders if he does that kind of crap on purpose. I'm serious. Cause it, it's just, he seems to be in a different world than everybody else. And, you know, maybe he realizes, hey, you know what? People are taking notice when I do. Uh, Mike, what's the best way to, to say it? Punk of the week worthy stuff. So, you know, <laughs> may, maybe this is his way of at least I'm in the news and at least people are talking about me. I don't. He He's it's almost like he's from a different planet, man. Honestly, he's stop walking. What? I, it's remarkable. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, we will not be talking to each other before. Uh, college football starts. I mean, we are in the home stretch here. And, uh, you know, we, we had uh, our good friend Angelique Shangelis on yesterday to to kind of break down where we think the Wolverines stand. We had our good friend Matt Charbonneau today to talk about the green and white out in East Lansing. And look, I, I don't think either of these teams will be winning a natty this year. All right. But let's put it into some perspective on, w- on what we've got going on here is we've got a guy out in Ann Arbor who kind of has to win. He's got to win some games here. He's got to beat some of his rivals. Uh, and, and I think Angelique, what Nick, what was the number Angelique gave us? Uh, I think she said what, six or seven wins, seven wins is what seven she wins. With, yeah. All right. So I don't think she's very far off, but the problem is, is two of those wins probably need to come against Michigan state and Ohio state. And I just don't know that both of those things are going to happen. 
It's a great question. I, I think that they're very similar. And obviously, you know, they're in different places. Um, look, Mel Tucker took over. It was bad timing all the way around when he was hired. COVID, everything. I mean, it, it, it was just bad timing all the way around. And I, I think it for Michigan State, if you go six and six and, and you go to a bowl game, is anybody, you know, doing handstands and backflips over that? No. But I think it's progress. And, you know, conversely for Michigan, if they go seven and five, and I, I think that, that Angelique is correct personally, and they're in that direction, then you, you sit back and, and you just shake your head. Uh, I mean, it's much has been said about, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh and the, and the failings, Chris. I think you know it better than anybody. But I think a few years ago, people were being a little too hard on him. He was good. You know, he didn't bring the title, but he was good. Uh, to have a season like they did last year and then to follow it up with seven and five, yee, yee. this deep into his regime? Well, look, I, I think there are a couple of things that you can excuse to a certain extent. Like 2000, was it 2016, Iowa at night, you lose that game where you probably should have won, but you lose on the last second field goal. Okay, that's fine. It, it Not the end of the world. Kinnick's a tough place to play, especially at night. I can look past that. But when you start getting into Ohio State later on in that season, uh, again, that was, I believe, the spot game where it sure as heck looked to me like uh, uh, they were short of that first down. Michigan should have won that game. Either way, those are two things that you can say, look, okay, tough-fought losses, uh, you can move on. But when you start you know, losing to, you know, no offense to Mel Tucker, but you probably should have beaten Mel Tucker there in year one. And you probably shouldn't be getting blown out of your pants by Ohio, by Ohio state every year. Those are, uh, those are things that you can't look past. And so when you, when you start talking about coaches on the hot seat, look, the Illini just beat Nebraska. Scott Frost is on the hot seat. He's an alum. He won a Manatee in 97. All of those things considered, I think Jim Harbaugh is moving closer to that point, as opposed to feeling a little bit safer about his job. Well, and let's be honest, Chris, I think there were questions about his long-term, you know, there anyway, based on, you know, the, the, the contract and everything. So mm -hmm. um, it's not going to stop the rumors. I'm We're still going to hear Matt Campbell's name thrown around uh, every week, seemingly. So, yeah. um, you know, look, he was hired to do one thing. Let's, let's be honest. He was hired to do one thing, and the fan base expected him to do one thing, and that was to win the division and win the Big Ten. Hasn't done it yet. Tonight is the last spin on golf show for the season. Yes. Well, that just ruined my Sunday. That's terrible. All right. Well, you guys have fun tonight, will you? We'll talk we soon. Bring, we can bring it back to crosstalk every Sunday, though. There Let's you go. go. See? Let's, Let's go. go. Let's do this thing. Let's tee it up. All right, fellas. Uh, spin on golf coming your way, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. We will see you back here. Uh, next Saturday, uh, when we've got some college football to talk about. Uh, have a good week. We'll talk to you then.